In today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Sam Marwood, who is one of the co-founders of Cultivate Farms. Cultivate Farms is a social enterprise which matches the best next-generation aspiring farmers with retiring farmers and investors to own and operate a farm of their very own. They promote to all Australians that being a farmer is not only possible now, but the career of choice. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. So thanks so much, Sam, for coming on to Generation Ag podcast today. I'm really excited to have you. I think Cultivate Farms is just a really incredible initiative. Um, Let's start at the beginning. Outside of work and outside of Cultivate Farms, who is Sam Marwood and what's your connection to agriculture? Uh, Well, thanks for having me, Kayla. I love what you're doing with this podcast. I'm all about great content for for farmers, especially next generation farmers. Uh, So Sam Marwood, um, I'm just a guy who has crazy ideas, I think. I've always had crazy ideas, even just thinking about when I was growing up as well. But um, I have always had a passion for the environment and farming. I grew up on a a dairy farm in central Victoria and my mum taught me how to uh, grow trees on the farm and um, I love that idea that I can create habitat for wildlife and, and do it on a farm and, and yeah, all be wrapped up in a business. Um, so I, my parents said, no, you're not getting the farm when I asked them because I'm one of six and they wanted to sell because that'll um, you know, unlock the money they need to retire. So then they eventually did. And so I always knew I'd never own my own farm. And so I went off and worked for the Victorian government in environmental policy for 12 years. And um, yeah, I guess now, and, and I quit there after that time because I wanted to make a difference through my own ideas, I guess. And uh, Cultivate Farms is one of them I'm doing. And I'm just in this world of coming up with ideas and supporting entrepreneurs in the environmental and ag space at the moment and really loving it. Mm, that's amazing. Can you talk to me a little bit about um, yeah, growing up on the dairy farm and what that was like? Uh, it, I loved it. It's um, what a great life. I, I was talking to someone the other day, you'd always watch American movies which say that the kids get in trouble and they'd be grounded. And I was like, mm. what is this word grounded? I'm, I live on a farm. I can't go anywhere anyway. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a really foreign concept. So you know, I just lived on the farm and that's your life was on the farm and you'd never get to watch uh, the full seniors footy match because you have to leave at half time to go milk the cows. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just love farming. And I, I think I was going to be a farmer until that day, um, mm-hmm. walking back from the dairy when dad said it wasn't going to be my farm. I sort of automatically knew I wasn't going to own a farm because I'm like, how do I become a millionaire to yeah. buy it in the first place? So I still, yeah, that was a very vivid sort of memory that I love farming and, but I, it's, I couldn't, I can't do it. Or, or I didn't like the idea of working for somebody else for some mm. reason either. Um, so I went off and did other things, but now I've been drawn back to agriculture, which is great with, with what we're doing with Cultivate Farms. Mm. So let's talk about Cultivate Farms then. So you're the co-founder. Um, for the uninitiated, do you want to tell us a bit about what Cultivate Farms is? Uh, it's eFarmony. It's a farm. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Uh, it's too expensive to buy the URL, so I haven't bought it. But I think it's too corny as well. But yeah. we never like we never set out to build a matchmaking business. You know, there's a matchmaking or Uber or everything, but we never mm. set out to do that. We wanted to solve that problem that I had as an eight-year-old. That um, parents said no, therefore go do something else. But imagine we, you know, Tim Tim Hicks, the co-founder, came up with the idea, and 
we were just out one day and he said, look, all I want to do is own a farm. I've been kicking around this farming space and he did landscape gardening. He goes, all I want to do is own a farm, but I don't have $5 million. And imagine if there was a business that bought farms for young people. And that's where, um, that's where the idea started. And um, we, I said, yeah, where, where is that business? And we literally Googled and emailed and phoned people and set up meetings to try and understand what could that mean? Like, that's a massive ask to match someone with, dollars to own a farm is that possible how do you do what does that mean uh, so we just spent um probably around christmas 2016 that we came up with the idea and we spent years unpacking it and we've realized that this is just about relationships that there are retiring farmers out there who don't have kids or kids don't want it want the farm and they don't want to leave the farm and so how do we find match them with people who would love the farm just as much as them and how do we set up an ownership transition model which could be you know, lease to buy, vendor finance, equity. There's so many legal arrangements. But we've realised it's just relationships, match people together and you can come up with a great solution. And we've also realised there are investors out there who don't know how to run a farm but um, couldn't think of anything better than to own a farm and have someone to co-own it with. And mm. So we're just sort of inspiring everyone. It's possible you can own a farm. Let's just get you together. And, um, yeah, it's, it's turned into something, which is really exciting. Yeah, it's just incredible. I think um, I think what you guys do is just amazing. I mean, I'm really lucky. I do have a stake in a farm if I want one. But, you know, I speak to people all the time who whose biggest barrier to entry into this industry is often the perception that you have to have massive amounts of capital to be a part of it. And I think um, Cultivate Farms sort of really um, circumnavigates that whole idea. And that's really amazing. Do you want to talk to us then like about the model? How does it work? Uh, we start from anywhere. I think we, we either get an aspiring farmer. Um, mm-hmm. So we've got about a 1,000 on our database at the moment across Australia. And they come to us and say, hey, I'd love to own a farm, just like you, you talked about then. And we say, well, where are you at? And we just discuss their situation. And then we encourage them to go find their own retiring farmers or investors. And you know, well, all, a lot of what we're doing, anyone can do themselves, is what we often say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes aspiring farmers say, look, I'm ready for an investor and and we can help them pull a pitch together and then start being annoying and finding local investors. I'm really excited by that. that mm. You don't have to put the no in people's mouths, but um, and what people need is a pitch and a document written down explaining why you are the best farmer and why you should be backed. Um, and so we, we either start with aspiring farmer or retiring farmers coming to us probably two or three or four retiring farmers a week who... Mm love this idea of staying on their farm and, and love the idea of bringing a young family back to their community, staying mm. involved in the community. Um, and so we just work through them around what do they really, we say, what do you really want for your farm? Just write that down. We don't care. Just tell us what it is and then we'll try and find the people that match what, your farm vision and your personality and, and you guys, once you match, can figure out what's the best arrangement. Uh, mm. And then the third is the investors. So people do come to us and say, I'd love to, I love to buy a farm. I don't know how to do that. Don't know what that means. I've got the money. Um, find me a farmer. And is it just, um, do you focus on a particular type of farm or any farming business? Anything. Um, so because we focus on relationships, it could be a, a two-acre market garden or it could be a million-acre um, you know, station up in the Northern Territory. Mm. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Uh, as long as, again, as, and the profitability, again, depends on what the partners are happy with. The, um, Mm. Yeah, the, the partners in the deal are happy with. Maybe you need off farm income. That's fine. Or maybe the maybe the farm, um, maybe the farm can make money and make a good profit for everyone. Um, mm. Again, it's up to the people involved in the deal to be happy with the arrangement and 
we're here to, to find those people and we're not here to tell you what to do. We're just here to connect you with people that you get along with. Mm, yeah. And do you find um, retiring farmers just are really excited to have, um, to, you know, to show someone the ropes who's as passionate as they are? Oh, absolutely. It's, um, I, it, yeah, it gives me tingles every time I talk to a retiring mm. farmer who, who says that, that they're, they're so grateful for what we're doing and um, that they just want to find a mini or a younger version of themselves. This, you know, they don't say that exactly, but that's in a way what they're looking for is someone who has that you know, passion. They just can't think of anything else but farming and they mm. made it happen some way and they want someone who's going to love the land as much as they do and is going to put in as much effort and time and listen to them and, and share. Um, that's what they want. They want, to, they want to see their farm succeed and they want to share their knowledge of it. Mm. and yeah the limiting factor is just finding the right people yeah and how many families and farming enterprises have you connected now we are working through our tents at the moment which yeah. is very exciting um, we uh, have an investment uh, incubator program we're running at the moment where an investor wants to back a second aspiring farmer so we're running this incubator um, in next year and we've got about 25 farms on our database on our website now, which are ready to be matched. So we just need to find the right farmer for those farms and plenty more that we haven't loaded yet. So it's um, yeah, definitely growing, which is exciting. But I know people want to see case studies. They want to see how farms similar to theirs being matched. Um, yeah. And so it's a lot of us just proving that and also highlighting that what we're doing isn't new in a way, that there are vendor finance deals, there are lease to buy, there are equity deals happening every day across the country that is not promoted and yeah. highlighted so that's a lot of our job is just showing hey this is normal um, it's 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 not dodgy you know, so the legal arrangements are all there yeah. and so everyone's protected uh, have a think about it yeah wow and i guess you know that's sort of you guys are yeah maybe it's not essentially new but it's putting it all in one place and making it easy the transition really simple for people who just don't know where to start exactly giving ideas i think is the best thing um, and the needed thing People yeah, don't know, didn't even don't even know what vendor finance is or mm. don't know that there are farmers who would give their left arm to farm with them. Uh, it's just awareness raising a lot of it. And and I think also people love the idea that there's a third party independent who can help in the discussions and negotiations around mm. partnership as well. Yeah, and because otherwise, how else would, you know, an aspiring farmer from, let's say, Perth in WA know that there's a, a retiring farmer in Tasmania, you know, a cherry farmer or something, you know, looking to um, transition out of their farm? You guys, yeah, really do that amazing job of matchmaking, which is so cool. Um, I want to take a step back now and talk about how Cultivate Farm started. So you touched on a little bit before, but I know you started the organisation with um, Tim and Tegan Hicks, who are farmers from Albury in New South Wales. Talk to us about those first conversations that you had together. It, it was a lot of it me being annoying. Um, <laughs> uh, Tim, Tim had the idea. I just was just in a, a dream a state for the next few days thinking, yes, this is it. Imagine <laughs> imagine if a young person who's never had a farm and don't isn't going to inherit it can still own a farm. Like, that's just mm. ridiculous. <laughs> um, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And then I thought about it from a Tim and Tegan's point of view saying, well, let's get you onto your farm and use you as a proof case. And I don't just want to start and stop with you. How boring. Let's do this for thousands of farmers. And, um, and so we just kept on talking until we finally decided, well, let's set up a, let's set up a business and let's launch a Facebook page and mm. uh, put, put ideas out there. And um, just over time, it eventually came together. I, I guess it helped that I took 
took 12 months long service leave from my government job to start it, um, thinking that it only takes six months to start a business, which is mm. incorrect. Um, <laughs> and, and I moved in with, with my parents-in-law and I, eventually, I did for three and a half years. So I gave up a well-paid job and um, mm. moving in with the in-laws just to see how this could work. And it just takes time. We're probably another three, four, five years until we really hit our stride, I think, as well. Mm. But yeah, it's just, just people having a crack around the dinner table um, I remember our first time we would have, we contacted the border mail in Albury mm. and um, we sent them an email saying, Hey, we've got a matchmaking business. And we felt so nervous sending that out. So can we say that? Are you allowed to say it? I suppose so. <laughs> no, don't send it. Don't send it. Um, and then eventually we said yes. And they loved it straight away. We had an article and then that sort of cemented that we were on, we had an idea that here that people wanted and that's just all we've heard ever since. And so that's given us the energy to keep going. And um, so yeah, three of us just, plug away trying to find more matches and, and make this a thing yeah wow and so tim and tegan um they didn't have a farm is that right and then they moved into a farming business as sort of a case study uh yeah so they tim grew up on a farm tegan grew up uh in a town but uh they had been they've been leasing land um they've started their own business he's country beef which they grow beef and sell direct just through leased properties mm. um and and then yeah, tim his family obviously didn't give him the farm uh, and uh, he was off doing landscape gardening and, but all the time trying to find a way to get on a farm. So they're, they're still toiling away. Tim now works on a farm full time mm. uh, but we're still, and we still got a number of, and Tim and Tegan still have a number of lease opportunities that they're, uh, they've got and pursuing mm. and some fall through and then get more and it's just a constant battle but in the back of our minds we're always keeping our eyes open for what a vendor finance deal could be with a retiring farmer or trying mm. to find investors as well and how we unlock those local investors today. Mm. And I guess that's um, an important thing to note. It really just sounds like you're not just trying to, you know, match a aspiring farmer with a farm or any farm. It's about really choosing the right deal and the right setup for that particular aspiring farmer and also the retiring farmer as well. Exactly. It, yep. And it's a lot of it's probably about timing as well and being persistent. A lot of our aspiring farmers don't want to tell other people that they want to be a, own a farm because they you know, feel like they're arrogant or they're um, yeah. you know, being cocky. But unless you're out there telling people, people won't know. So Tim and Tegan have found so many lease arrangements that yeah. were never advertised. And real estate agents and stock agents can't believe the opportunities they're getting because they're annoying. And they're mm. out you know, putting Facebook posts up and it seems driving up driveways. Mm. Um, they're just out there promoting, hey, we want a farm to lease, plus we'd love one to buy, you know, earn our way into who's interested. And, um, and through that, our, our doors open. And that's what we can tell all our aspiring farmers. If you really want this, if you really, really want it, uh, why aren't you out there promoting yourself and telling mm-hmm. everybody every single day that you need a farm? And, and, and through that, people are probably going to find your farm just to shut you up. <laughs> that's so true and i think you know it's it's relevant to lots of areas that um mantra of you know if you want to make it happen go after it make make it happen and don't stop until everyone knows you're going to make it happen because um you need them to support you through that as well um so on that note if people are listening to this thinking wow i would love to go down the path of acquiring a farm through say cultivate farms what should they do First, I think they need to really think about themselves and what they can handle in life. 
So owning a farm is a big responsibility and it's like being an entrepreneur. You are an entrepreneur. You're dealing with potentially millions of dollars um, of an asset and it's all on you. So if you're happy to wake up at 2am nearly vomiting, thinking, (laughs) how am I going to pay the bill? You know, if you can deal with that sort of stress um, and also the joys, but you got to think about yourself. Can you, can you cope with this? then yes, you should consider being a farmer, absolutely. And that's great. And if you can't, I would think maybe you should consider doing something else or being a farm, farm manager for someone else, or, which is fine as well. But I think the first step is who are you and what can you cope with and what do you want out of life? Um, and if it is, yes, I'm, I'm okay with the, or the, that idea of stress around everything being on your head with a farm sounds fantastic, then, then you should encourage you to, to think about this farm ownership opportunity and, and then start being creative and thinking about where you are in your situation. So if you have enough money to go buy a farm, fantastic. Um, but if you don't, um, how are you even, how are you building your own money or showing that you can save some money and run a farm? So are you working on a farm? Are you leasing a property and putting your own money on the line? What are you doing to show that you really are in it, in it for the long haul and you love farming and you couldn't do anything else? So that other people, when you approach them go, Oh wow, you know, Mary really wants this. She's a gun. And, no, she saved X amount of dollars. She's making money off this farm. Maybe I should consider her. And then once you know you're good enough to own a farm, it's then a matter of, and again, you don't need us from a lot of this. It's a, a, you're getting out there and promoting yourself and talking to as many people and having coffees with a real estate agent, the bank and the, the lawyers in town and anyone that you know that knows anyone in the region you want to farm and tell them, hey, I need a farm. I want to do a vendor finance. I'm the best farmer going around. Um, I'm going to keep annoying you until I find mm. my farm. I want this and the community needs me. Uh, we're a beautiful family. You know, <laughs> touch on the uh, heartstrings of things, but get out yeah. there and just ask. And, and But also at the same time, while you're asking, is prove you are good enough. Um, you know, why would someone give you a multi-million dollar property that you can earn into? Or why would someone want to invest half a million or a million dollars or $10 million into you? Why mm. are you good enough and show that you are um, and I guess what we're saying is you should spend the time getting good enough because your dream is possible. I think a lot of people don't go even take the farm job because they think, like I did at age eight, that, oh, well, I'm never going to own a farm anyway, so I'll go do something else. Mm. But what we're saying is that carrot, that ownership is absolutely possible. It's just not going to be given to anyone. You've got to be good enough to, to get that carrot. So know it's possible and then get out there and work hard. Mm. And, uh, and then hopefully over time opportunities start presenting themselves and and you could be on that pathway to, to owning your dream farm yeah and on the flip side of that as a someone you know who, who wants to maybe transition out of their business what's the steps that they should start taking i think it's know what you want for your farm and for your life and, and this concept of aging on farm do you want to stay on the farm or do you just want to make sure that someone's going to love it as much as you do that you're handing it to and um, do you just need it you know, financially? Do you just need to sell because you've got to clear debt or whatever it is? It's just knowing what you want for the farm and what you need for yourself financially. And if the answer is, well, I'm, I'm, I'm okay to be able to um, transition ownership over a 10 year period or whatever it might be, or three years, or um, I don't, you know, I'll sell up to 50%, but I'm, the rest I'm keeping for the rest of my life. Uh, if you're open to this idea of sharing ownership, uh, and then it's just figuring what you want. And, and, and being confident in that and then you can talk to us or you can do your own headhunting uh, around finding a farmer 
mm. that would be matched, that would work for you. And uh, what I always tell retiring farmers, the fact that you are open to this idea of sharing ownership is absolutely amazing. And through that, you can attract the absolute cream of the crop uh, of farmers because that is this drive, that is a driving force behind so many farmers and not everyone but so many of these next-gen farmers and best entrepreneurs want to have some sort of ownership and if you as a retiring farmer can say yeah ownership's on the cards you gotta you know we need a 12 month get to know you but ownership's on the cards hmm. uh who is the best out there i'm offering you something amazing here i want the absolute best and i guess that's part of what we're trying to do is encourage the best people to follow their dreams of farming and retiring farmers should know that they have an asset uh, and an opportunity that is really amazing and there's so many people who would, would love to farm with them. So let's talk a bit more about you and your career then. Um, so prior to starting Cultivate Farms, you obviously worked in environmental policy for the Victorian government and I I think it's good to talk about maybe your story because I think there can be this idea that um, someone who pa- is passionate and loves agriculture can't also be passionate about environmental issues and those sorts of things which I just think is so bizarre because ultimately people who work in agriculture are um, custodians of the land and the animals that we work with and we really take that seriously so do you want to talk to me a little bit about yeah your journey through environmental policy and then sort of how that led you to working with Cultivate Farms and you know the lessons you've applied along the way mm, uh, well yeah, I, I think that's so true is that I think most of the land in Australia is privately held with farmers. So they are the custodians and how do we keep supporting them to keep looking after the land and, and being profitable and make it a win-win, which is absolutely possible and happens every day as well. So, yeah, I'm a, a big advocate for farmers being um, the best environmentalists out there. Um, and so when I, yeah, because I wasn't going to the farm, I was thinking, well, how do I make an influence in the world, I guess? And I thought the only way to do that is through government. I don't know why I thought that, but that was it. And um, I uh, had one shot at going to university because uh, my parents weren't going to pay for it. They told me I was the f- fifth kid and the money had run out. Um, so they said, get a scholarship. So I got a scholarship with the Victorian government, the Department of the Environment, and uh, worked there. And I learned, uh, I did learn so much. And I guess that's what I knew for that, those 12 years was policy and how do you uh, attract funding for natural resource management and then how do you spend it wisely and how do you work with landholders mm-hmm. to you know, make it a win-win and um, and I'm you know I'm pretty got a pretty comprehensive understanding of the whole environmental sector and the drivers behind behind them and also the agricultural sector and um, learned a lot about policy and strategic planning thinking and, and built some amazing networks which I think have all stood me in good stead to step out on my own and do my own thing so um I'm often back talking to government around what we're doing with Cultivate Farms and talking to them about, well, if you want to influence the next generation, we've got to um, you know, and encourage them to farm sustainably. We've got to support them into farm ownership. That's the biggest blocker at the moment. So I've, that's my goal is I'd love to be able to influence all of Australia's farmland somehow by influencing the next generation of farmers and, mm. and giving, inspiring, whether it's me directly or you know, through what we're doing with Cultivate, if we can inspire all of our next generation of farmers and attract the very best and, and all of them want to in some way look after the environment, which I'd say every farmer I talk to does. Um, mm. That can be such a powerful impact. So that's what I'm, you know, there's a number of things I'm really excited about with Cultivate Farms, that, that, that environmental aspect and influence of Australia's landscape could be mm. amazing and quite quite powerful. You've taken the next question right out of my mouth because I was going to ask you sort of what's next for you and for Cultivate Farms. What's in the 
yeah, the ten-year plan, I guess. Uh, thousands of farms matched uh, <laughs> would be would be nice. Um, and we're still trying to figure out how to make this a viable enterprise. We have we have side projects as well to, to keep us going. So one, making a viable thing that we can keep going and mm. find more matches because that's without us having a business, we can't make these matches. So mm. that's key. Um, but yeah, we've been thinking about a brand. So thinking about how we can create even, and even a club for farmers that want mm. to think about farming in a healthy way or with the environmental focus or how do we use our name as Cultivate Farms to provide our farmers a premium of their product or open opportunities for them so any farm we match, mm. we can uh, find great opportunities and make them even more profitable. Um, but yeah, the cornerstone really is our, our model of how do we how do we make more and more matches, inspire more people and then yeah, as we build this database of, of farmers, we can have it. We could really have a massive impact in Australia's landscape and with farmers and use that for good and use it to chat to government around you know, better policies for, for regional Australia and regional communities. Um, we, we do have a strong focus at the moment on working with a few regions across Australia and councils to show them that they can do this matchmaking themselves and that they don't have to wait for people like us to, to make these matches and how do you, you know, ed- educate people and inspire people that they know their community the best and they can be the ones that do this matchmaking um, um, and uh, yeah, yeah, get going and, and don't be depressed that young people aren't moving to your, your region. I reckon the reason why people are leaving uh, country towns and regional areas is because they think they can't own a farm and no mm. one's promoting that they can. So mm. let's, let's flip that on its head. Yeah, I love that. And the other part of um, Cultivate Farms that I really love is that you guys produce a ton of content. You have a YouTube video, um, channel that's just full of videos. Do you want to talk to me about how that sort of got started? Yeah, Gary Vaynerchuk. If anyone wants to come up and realise the value of how good, how ridiculous a period of human history we are in right now, um, and to get on and chase opportunities, they just need to watch Gary Vaynerchuk because he's, he's right, he's an entrepreneur in America who I listened to probably three years ago. Who's this crazy bugger? This is mm. once I started Cultivate. And he started saying, you should be creating six pieces of content on every single platform, once a day, every time, every day, and get your content out. It's free. Everyone is on their phone every single second. Yeah. Uh, you should be creating content, getting a story out there, documenting your journey, and... Um, and getting on and doing what you want. Like, how did you start a business years ago is often how I think, um, you know, you have to buy a, uh, or rent a, a spot in an office block or out on the main road and, um, and then try and get attention in how you do it. But now we've got Facebook, YouTube, social media, and I record everything on my phone and we mm-hmm. turn it into a podcast and a YouTube and blog. And, um, uh, and our main intent is to create useful content for free that people can pick up and, and don't need us. They can just go do it themselves and use that as a cornerstone of our business. So, yeah, I guess I just reflect on how good a period it is in human history to, to create content is so easy and then try and think, well, if we need to build this business, we need to be providing useful information that anyone in the world can, can use and pick up. And if they do want to work with us, they know where we are and they can reach out. So, yeah, I encourage, mm-hmm. I encourage our aspiring farmers to document their journey of farming and use if they have just 100 followers on Instagram, that's 100 mm. people following their journey of wanting to own a farm mm. who might know that their auntie's best friend's neighbour has mm. <laughs> a farm. So get out there and use it. It's just, I just don't think people realise how amazing social media is for, for getting whatever it is you want in life 
done and creating attention. Mm, and I love that thing about, you know, documenting your journey as well. It's I think it's so cool, you know, when you have built up a platform, whether it be on Instagram or YouTube, for example, to just look back and think, wow, you know, that's what we were doing back then and look how far we've come and look who we've met along the way. I, I just, yeah, I really support that. I uh, agree. And I think about um, I want to be historically correct mm-hmm. and I want people to look back at my videos in 50 years' time and go, wow, these buggers were they were right. Like um, <laughs> One thing I think about a lot, and I've done a video or two on this one, is soon retirement age farmers are going to be like, approached every day from annoying aspiring farmers asking them what they're doing around farm ownership transition mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. right now nobody is um, yeah. and this is like the best time in human history to be annoying aspiring farmer trying to find a retiring farmer mm-hmm. um, but i love that idea that yeah you've got it documented and you can then yeah prove either you're right or wrong but also you know love the idea that we can now you know, create a book about yeah. all that, out of this we've got a little content sitting there that we can just harvest and pull together and that's yeah. definitely on the cards as well in the future. Definitely. Oh, well, that's so cool, Sam. Um, I think that's probably a- about what we'll wrap up on. But before yeah. we go, I want to ask, um, can you tell the listeners how they can either get in touch with you or with Cultivate Farms? Because, you know, here at Generation Ag, we're all about building a community of like-minded individuals. So, yeah, give yourself a little shout-out. <laughs> uh, Cultivate Farms on every platform, I think, except for TikTok. Uh, we need we need to get on TikTok. Uh, I can't in- wait to see Cultivate Farm TikTok videos. <laughs> We've thought about it. We haven't done anything yet. But um, yeah, cultivatefarms.com, uh, Facebook, Cultivate Farm, Instagram. Pod, there's a podcast. Um, mm-hmm. Which um, podcast called? Cultivate Farms. I think yeah. it is. Where can they find you? Um, uh, you go to cultivatefarms.com and all of our links are on yeah. there on that homepage as well. And, um, and my email's there, sam at cultivatefarms.com. You can send me an email. And um, yeah. happy to kick around ideas with anyone, and definitely keen specifically to, to inspire that next generation. If you've got that crazy dream of owning a farm, go mm. for it. Let's let's go for it. Um, sounds fun. I love it. All right, Sam. Thank you so much for joining us from your car in Victoria today. <laughs> Pleasure, Kayla, and well done to you for what you're doing. I'm very keen oh. to support, and hopefully there'll be some more collaborations. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for your attention. We know there are thousands of other things you could be doing or other podcasts you could be listening to, but you've chosen to listen to us. We appreciate your time so much. Please reach out uh, as we're happy to work through your farm ownership pathway with you. Let's get you farming.